You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. Call now with your pet questions. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Welcome to Great Pets Radio. <clears throat> Good morning. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan with Brian Kilcommons. We are live. We are talking pets. Our number is one 888 441-9876. Brian, it's a winter wonderland. Yeah. So. And Buddy, I look at somebody like you, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, what no, time's that flight leaving? Yeah, it's beautiful out. <laughs> Hello, Florida. Yeah. So, if it wasn't for swine flu, I'd be on my way to Ocean Reef. <laughs> but um, it's interesting um, as far as how people sometimes miss what this weather entails for their pets, especially if they're outside. Mm-hmm. So, frozen water bowls, you know, not enough shelter. And we're going to be talking later in the show about some legislation that's uh, going to be uh, proposed to address some of these issues, not only as far as uh, dogs being outside, but also the aspect of breeding. But interesting week. I was working with the Massachusetts Probation Department. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, a shout-out and thanks to uh, Troopers Bigelow and Forgette, who brought uh, some of their working dogs in. But the parole officers have to go into houses. And a lot of these houses have dogs. So we went over safety factors on how to protect themselves uh, with some of the uh, dogs that they're encountering. So it was a great group of people, and uh, they really had a good time. It was a good session. You know, you, the, the mailmen must have the same issues as these guys. I mean, anybody who walks into people's yards, right? Oh, yeah. So that's it's got to be a concern. Yeah, so I started it out with, when you hear these words, you know you're in trouble. Come on in. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've learned my lesson on that one. You know, because I used to ask people, is he a nice dog? What do you expect you're going to hear? Of You're course right. he is. Or, right. he's never done that before, which well, means today. Now, <laughs> I, now I ask the question. It's very blatant, blatant. Yes or no answer. It is, has your dog ever bitten anybody before? It's all I need to know. And, so, and if they say, yes, he has, okay, that changes everything. I found a lot of times uh, asking an open-ended question is sometimes more forthcoming for owners. Because they don't want to say they have a bad dog. So I'll say, you know, what does he like? What doesn't he like? And a lot of times you get a little bit more information. Uh, he doesn't like his feet touched. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so as far as doing that. But it was an interesting day. Uh, the Animal Rescue League of Boston provided dogs. And that was uh, great for them. And the MSPCA was there in their Humane Enforcement Department. And they're kind of on the front lines as the New Hampshire Animal Control Officers and Parole Officers mm -hmm. are. Good so, yeah, it was a good day. So you had live dogs. I've, I always have live dogs. There you go. I'm so tired of these people flapping their lips and showing their PowerPoint presentations, you know, and talking about behavior, and they never bring a dog on. Mm-hmm. You know, show me the real dogs, because one, it's much more effective. Also, I just, years ago, we went up to Moncton, Canada. Right. So they just contacted me. They want to do another seminar. Well, can't we do that in, like, July and August? I'm not going up there now. With Moncton, outside of Halifax? Exactly. There's no. Good, there's good salmon fishing up there. Yeah. So. That's the way to go. Um, 
that sounds like a lot of fun. So if you have questions today, give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. You going to come up to Moncton with me? I will. Listen, I, uh, I want to share with people the, uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but that video that you had. Oh, maybe it's not the dog? Yes. Yeah, it's on YouTube. All right, so can you give, how people can get that, access that? Is it under your name? Uh, yeah, and go to, uh, go to mysmartpuppy.com. Okay. And you'll see, uh, you can get a link to it there. There's a video that you, <clears throat> you guys have to watch, everybody should watch, because it will really bring a smile to your face, and it's Brian, it's, it's got music to it, and it's Brian, and it's kind of goofy, but it's funny, and it's called... Maybe it's it, not the dog. Maybe it's not the dog, and uh, it's just some great scenes of, like, Brian going into a house, standing at the doorway, watching all the chaos go on, and Brian's eyes kind of going up. But it's funny. It's really funny. So get on, get on uh, MySmartPuppy.com and check that out. Well, oh, I think we're becoming way too serious about dog training and dominance and issues. And sure. So this was uh, a lighter touch. Uh, Margaret from Summersworth, good morning. Good morning. How are you all? Well, thank you. Okay, I got a problem. I have um, two cats. One's seven, female. One's 18 months, a male. Now, the male is a, oh, we love him dearly, but ooh, he's a brat. He, 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 he's a he, and he, he like, because he wants to be dominant, and, oh, he touches everything, and he grabs everything, and he gets mad if we won't let him have stuff. He, he bugs every, every plant of ours, and he attacks the other one, like, at her neck and everything. Mm-hmm. And if we pick him up, he'll sort of, like, try to always bite us, too, but, I mean, like, I don't know if he's playing or not, but he's, he's like 12 pounds, and he's a big boy. <laughs> Big boy. It's uh, you know. He, this, can you give him anything to calm him down or anything to take or? He, well, um, sure. I mean, Margaret, there, there's a pill for everything in life. I know, but I don't. I was only. Being, I, I don't know if I was being funny or not, but he, it was terrible last night. So you have the other cats, a five-year-old, a six-year-old. Yeah, and then yeah. you introduced a kitten, right? Yeah. Yeah, and is he, and it's a female, older cat, male, younger one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bad choice. And he's right? full of himself. Oh, yeah. It's not bad choice. Do you use catnip, Margaret? Oh, no. That makes him worse, doesn't it? No. Well, it, it, it's 10 minutes of him being active, and then uh, they kind of zone out. Oh. Oh, they do with that? Yeah. The other thing is, what are you doing to direct his behavior? Are you using any toys that he can go after? Yeah, but they look at the toy, and they play for it for two seconds, and they're bored. There's a, a toy called a gawky toy. The, or, you know, there's little fishing poles with feathers on the end. Yeah, yeah, we have those, and I have one of those circles. They'll play like, you know, the, the thing where the balls are in the circle, but they can't get out, but they can just bat the ball around. Yeah, but what you can do is take that fishing pole toy, mm -hmm. you know, and when you walk down the hall, just trail it behind you. You know, start getting him where he's directing that aggression and that play towards specific toys. What are you doing when he's misbehaving besides yelling? <laughs> Well, I'll go up to him and maybe, you know, go right up to him and say, no, no, I'm putting my finger down or clap my hand or something and tell him, no, you're a bad boy. Is, oh, okay. is he neutered? Is he neutered yet? Oh, yeah. And how about kitten food? Is he still on kitten food? No. Okay. All right. A couple of things. One, I'd stop all verbal. All what? Verbal. Oh, verbal. You know, you, how many times have you told this cat no? hundred. <laughs> is it working? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, I had this little this little fuzzy ornament today, and he saw it on the table. Oh, he kept going around the table and going around the table. He wanted it so bad, and I was trying to hide it. He was just, he'll just tear stuff, you know, like, just do anything to get to something that he wants. Yeah, but then you need the items that is that you can substitute. 
that will interest him. Instead of trying to get stuff away from him, I'd start throwing stuff at him. Later on in the show, Margaret, we're going to get into the, some of the top ten favorite cat toys. Oh, really? And that cat, might help. But catnip is okay to give cat? I thought that would make Yeah, sense. yeah. What do you, what do you mean? The, what, if you just buy it in a little toy? Uh, or just get regular catnip and sprinkle it. He'll rub rub it. Usually it's 10 or 15 minutes of high level of activity. And if you have a toy there, you can direct him with that. And then he crashes. Where do you put the catnip? In the food? No, you can just throw it on the floor. Oh. You know, we, he'll, we, he'll rub into it. And, you know, go to the pet store. Uh-huh. And, you know, ask about some catnip. All right, and put that down and see how it works. Let us know. Okay. He's got a lot of energy. Oh, I know he does. So, so he's out now. I figured he'd be all right. Oh, no, he's out in the snow and he don't care. Good. So we just, you know, a tired kitty's a good kitty. So so we're going to so work him. Yeah, as far okay. as using toys to, dis, you know, really direct some of that behavior and energy. Oh. Also, have you tr- tried a spray bottle with him? No, I hate doing that, though. But if he starts getting into that wait, wait, biting wait mode. A minute, wait a minute. You know what? You've yelled at him over a hundred times. It hasn't worked. <laughs> The spray bottle is not a laser. I know. That's I'm, too insulting. The poor thing. <laughs> oh, so, okay, then put up with it. <laughs> oh, thanks. You know, well, you know, the thing is, is I'm not suggesting that you hurt him. Mm. But you need to, if there are certain behaviors, like when he's jumping on the other cat, mm. all right, that the squirt bottle comes in and it stops the behavior. You're not going to be yelling at him. You're not going to be upset with him. And he'll learn that certain things are not appropriate in a humane way. Margaret, there's a great book out called Good Owners, Great Cats. Check it out. Keep listening. We're going to give you some of the top ten favorite cat toys. Good Owners, Great Cats. Good Owners, Great Cats, yeah. And uh, let us know. We want to hear some results from you. All right. Thanks a lot. Happy holidays. Hey, have a great one. Thanks. Bye. So, Well, at least she's honest. Again, can I tell you something, Margaret, if you're still listening? I have the same type of cat. He's a boy cat that's just got a lot of activity. Yeah, but you know what? Corrections vary. It's Dr. Jim McKernan, and we're going to go to break. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume's super long-lasting sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
We're on. Welcome back to Great Pets Live. I'm with my co-host, Dr. Jim McKiernan. I'm Brian Gilcommons, and we're talking about pets. You know, over the last couple of years, you've read stuff in the paper about so-called dog breeders. They're not really breeders. They're kind of manufacturers um, because they treat the animals as disposable income. Anyway, um, there have been situations where, you know, a hundred dogs are taken in by somebody who is breeding them for profit. They stack the cages one on top of the other. The feces and urine drop on the dogs below. It's really horrendous. We're talking with Gene Sleepyen. And that occurs in this, that has occurred in this state. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, the current law uh, requires that any person, business, or corporation that transfers animals to the public with or without a fee, must be licensed and inspected twice a year by the Department of Agriculture. But the department has a very specific set of rules, but the bottom line, Brian, is it applies to pet, pet shops, shops, humane societies. Breeders are not under that umbrella. That's right. So, and, and this is one of the things we're talking with Gene about today. Hey, Gene, welcome to Great Pets. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So tell us what you're doing here. Uh, we have a bill before the legislature for the next session for 2010. It's sponsored. The prime sponsor is um, Representative Susan Kepner from Hampton. Uh, co-sponsors are Representatives Reagan and Skinder and uh, Representative Lyons. And what our bill does is it takes the Agriculture Department rules that you mentioned, the 1702 rules, that apply to, now presently apply to pet shops and animal shelters. And it says that breeders also have to follow these rules. But in addition, uh, we have additional rules that are specific to breeders. For example, um, as you mentioned, no stacking of cages, uh, no wire-bottomed cages, adequate rest between breeding cycles, um, daily exercise, uh, a prohibition on surgical procedures like tail docking and debarking unless they're performed by a veterinarian. All right. And now, how are the breeders, the reputable breeders, taking to this? Um, I have to be honest, I haven't heard from any, um, but I would think that uh, the many responsible breeders in the state would support this legislation because it's going to cut out their competition from people who are damaging the breed. Well, you know, maybe, uh, good morning, Susan, Dr. Uh, Jean, this is Dr. Jim. Um, maybe we'll get a breeder to call in today who, who will listen to the show to give us their insight. But, you know, a couple of questions I have for you sure. is... Um, how do we enforce this? I mean, a lot of it makes is common sense from a from a veterinary medical standpoint. But uh -huh. What do we do? Do we send people in the house? How are we going to do that? Well, the the current law, as as you mentioned, uh, requires that anybody who transfers a dog to the public needs to be licensed and inspected by the Department of Agriculture, um, and those inspections are supposed to occur twice a year. So. Uh, we're going to enforce it by having the Department of Agriculture inspect the breeders. The Department of Agriculture also responds to complaints from the public. So, for example, if you have a neighbor who, and you know your neighbor's breeding dogs and you don't think the conditions are proper, you can make a written uh, complaint to the Department of Agriculture, and they're obliged to um, investigate that. Come now, on, let me ask you a question. Kind of, I, can't, I can't say off the record because there's a lot of people listening, so it's on the record. Are the department is the Department of Agriculture holding their end of the deal up in, right now with the pet stores? With the pet stores, yeah. I believe, yes. Okay, so there's no well, reason to believe you, they wouldn't help with the The, the question that comes up here, uh, Gene, is that because the budgets are being cut back so severely across right. the board, what is the actual manpower and the ability of the Department of Agriculture now to expand their oversight to breeders and also... How do you find these people? I don't think mm. they're going to be signing up. Well, I think the first part of your question is easier than the second part. Um, 
the the current law allows the commissioner of the Department of Agriculture to designate anyone, uh, any licensed, uh, any agent of a licensed humane society to do these inspections. So, for example, the cruelty investigator from the New Hampshire SPCA could do the investigations. Um, the cruelty investigator from the Humane Society in my area, which is the Monadnock region, could do the local inspections in this area. Okay. Now, that, uh, so that would take some of the, bur- certainly a lot of the burden off of the Department of Agriculture. Um, w- we also think that uh, probably local people are much more likely to know where these breeders are which sort of addresses the second part of your question. Um, the, the Department of Agriculture has no way of knowing where the breeders are unless the breeders obviously voluntarily license themselves. But local law enforcement and uh, neighbors and uh, the local humane investigators, local animal control officers are, are probably pretty likely to know where right. they are. Jean, we need to go to break. Could you please hold on? We'd sure. like to continue with this. Thank you so much. Sure. Um, so, if there are any breeders out there, I think you may want to weigh in on this because it will affect uh, oversight on what you're doing with your dogs. Mm-hmm. So, The number is 1-888-441-9876. It's Dr. Jim and Brian. We'll be back after this break. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're talking about freedom in America and breeders. So on with Jean uh, Slippian. Hey, Jean. Hi. Hi. So, you know, one of the problems with any legislation is enforcement. So uh, I understand that, you know, whether it's New Hampshire SPCA um, or other organizations that can do enforcement. But, again, how do you get the breeders to sign up? A lot of these people, I'm not talking about the reputable breeders, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there's 
incident years ago with a Sharpay breeder. Right. You know, a hundred dogs. It was an absolute nightmare. Right. Um, so, as far as getting these people to show up, are we depending on neighbors, kind of informing on their neighbors? Well, uh, that's part of it. Now, the case that you mentioned, which occurred in Hooksett back in 1999, that person was licensed. So, that person was licensed, not, not for that number of dogs, but he did have a license um, as a breeder. So, that was something that just slipped through all of the cracks. Uh, we're, we're relying on neighbors, we're relo- relying on local law enforcement, um, animal control officers. Um, you know, it, it's like any other law, the, the, we, we rely on people to report. And Gene, what about licensing? Wouldn't that be a way of really being able to track these people down if it was mandated and enforced that all dogs must be licensed? Well, all dogs currently are supposed to be licensed. But it's not enforced. Ah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a there's a fine now. The um, for the breeders uh, who are who are found in violation of even the current law, there's the potential of a thousand dollar fine for each violation. So, you know, that might be a little bit of a deterrent um, or encourage them to to be licensed and inspected. Gene, are there? Um, well, two questions. The first is. Um, are there other states, Massachusetts, anywhere that you know of, that has successfully adopted what you are asking the voters to? Yes. Okay. Uh, probably the, the most significant one is Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania is a huge puppy mill state. And in 2008, they adopted a very um, stringent uh, breeder puppy mill bill signed by um, Governor Rendell. Um, other states, uh, Virginia, Tennessee, Washington State. New York, Maine. New York. There, and there are a number of others. Massachusetts has a, a law pending. Okay. Um, I believe Connecticut has either it's pending or it's just passed. So there are many, many other states. And, of course, every state that passes a law, it makes it a little easier uh, for all of the other states to enforce because most of the bills cover not only breeders but brokers as well. Okay. All right. Can you explain what a broker is so people understand you? Well, the, the broker is the middleman. Um, the well, broker also is known as a pimp. <laughs> well, yes. Um, the, the intermediary, the, the person who intervenes to get the dogs from the breeder to the public. Um, or they go to bunchers. Right. So, and, and I don't think, and the reason I'm bringing this up, I don't think most people realize they're in Ohio, they just had a big sting operation, um, and they're charging a lot of these people with cruelty. Mm-hmm. But these breeders go to uh, so-called agents and or pimps. Right. And then they get all, you know, hundreds of puppies together. Right. And then, you know, the brokers come in, they buy the puppies, and then they distribute them to pet stores. Right. So it becomes very difficult to trace where the actual... Where they they may come from, right? And the, the thing is, with people going into pet stores, if they stop buying from pet stores, there'd be a lot less of these characters, you know, having inhumane conditions. That's right. And and December is the biggest puppy buying month of the year. So it's very important for people if they're planning on adding a pet to their family to go to their local shelter. Do you envision a a? And I guess this would be a better question for Susan Kepner, the representative who's introducing it. But do you envision a a different form of the bill going through? In other words, will, will the New Hampshire legislators say, well, yeah, we'll pass it, but we're going to get rid of three, four, and five? Well, um, I, 
I would say generally, although I don't want to be too specific about this, but I would say generally that when we crafted the language of the bill, we included some room for compromise. Okay. Okay. Which I think is what you need to do with any piece of legislation. uh, Gene, there's one point I want to make um, that, and and I'm going to be very direct about this. When people buy puppies from a puppy store, what they are saying is, I support cruelty. Regardless of the rationale, they're not saving a puppy, they are not rescuing a puppy, they are not buying a well-bred puppy. They are buying on impulse, and what they're saying is, I support this cruel industry. Bottom line. And that's one of the things you're trying to fight with this bill, correct? That's right. That's right. So there's no excuses. Go into the mall, when you walk into that puppy store, and look at what's in there. Know that when you bring out that credit card... You're going, I'm supporting pimps, I'm supporting bunchers, I'm supporting puppy mills. Because we've been fighting this battle for 30 years. And once a consumer steps up to the plate and stops making this industry uh, profitable, then we're not going to be talking about laws like this that are needed to protect the animals that can't protect themselves. Yep. No, I, I agree with you, Brian, on that. So, you know, a couple of things I looked at here. One, are, are breeders actually debarking their dogs? Well, I mean, it says here that it has to be done by a veterinarian, right. and you know, I don't know if I've ever been around that, but, but, it, how? Why was that introduced? Um, it is a problem. Um, I don't know that we've run into that particular problem in New Hampshire, but it is a problem with the larger puppy mills. But there are breeders in New Hampshire, if you go on the internet and look at breeder directories, there are breeders who advertise that they're doing their own tail docking. Okay. So what we want to say is. If, you, if you're going to have this done, it's got to be done by a veterinarian. What about ear cropping? I, I believe there are breeders who do their own ear cropping. Yeah, I don't think you included that on this, either, on, as far as I can see. That's the one that really gets me. Whew! Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, the, um, the breeder that you mentioned, um, the Sharpays, the 100, 109 Sharpays down in Hooksit. Now, one of the things that he was accused of was doing medical procedures without a license, and he was using a, a stapler to close incisions. Mm-hmm. More like a regular like staple from staples? Right, like the kind you get your fingers stuck in oh, and God. it really hurts. I know. All right, so if people want information on this bill yeah. and what you're doing, where do they go, Jean? Um, they can go to my website. It's www.give-us-shelter.com www.giveusshelter.com And what should people do, Jean? Should people be contacting their representatives? Yes. Okay, is that, so that's important, right? Right, people should be contacting their New Hampshire representatives okay. um, and ask them to support the bill and thank them for all the hard work that they've done in the past years okay. and ask them to support the bill. Um, we will be coming up for our public hearing. We don't know exactly when yet, but it'll probably be the second half of January. But if people go to my website and sign my guest book, um, I'll put them on my mailing list and to let them know exactly when our public hearing will be. We need to get as many people as we possibly can to go to our public hearing so that the legislators will know that this is a problem that people are concerned about and we want something we want them to help us fix this when is when is that gene and, and the public hearing, we, we don't know exactly, uh, but it will probably be in the second half of January. Okay. All right. We'd like to help support that. The other thing I liked about your website, Jane, uh-huh. is that you suggest that people send donations to their local shelters. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm not in this to make any money, so I'm, I would, I'm just suggesting that um, people send donations to their local shelter um, and adopt from their local shelter. Well, that's, here's a question, then. Why are you in it? 
Are you a breeder? What what got you and so so actively involved? I've just always loved animals. Some some of the photos on on my website are of my own animals. Okay. They're they're not professional models, of course. So, <laughs> um, I've just always loved animals. Uh, but I also think that um, if someone's going to complain about the way animals are treated now, she has to be in a position. She has to be willing to do something about it too. Right on. So that's um, I've gotten very deeply involved in the past several years, and it's. It's very rewarding. Good. All right, and there's another bill that you have, tethering? That's right. Humane for two. Uh, that one, uh, also, the prime sponsor on that is also Representative Kepner, and we're very, very grateful to her for, for standing up on these issues. Uh, and that is to amend our animal cruelty law so that it includes provisions for humane tethering. What is, but can you explain exactly what that means? Well, these are the dogs that are chained outside. Okay. Um, the backyard dogs, they're chained to the doghouse, um, maybe, you know, on a six or an eight-foot chain. Uh, I, I've adopted dogs who were chained out in, um, I, I live in Stoddard, which is a very much probably colder than where you are, and I've adopted dogs that have been chained out all winter. And, um, of course, I, I would prefer that dogs not be right. tethered outside at all. Um, but what, is the, what does the bill state on tethering? Well, um, it has some. Uh, it puts a time limit on tethering. First of all, it says that dogs can't be tethered for more than fourteen cumulative hours out of any twenty-four hour period. Okay. Um, and then it it has some specifics about the actual tether uh, that it has to have a swivel at both ends, and these are pretty standard things from tethering ordinances from other states yeah, as well. Yeah, that that was my question. But you know, in all reality, some dogs like. Let's say a husky mm-hmm. loves to sit out there. So, but but the fourteen hours—that's too much. Well, you know, it's interesting because whenever we've tried tethering up uh, legislation in the past, the group that has opposed us has been the the sled dog people. Right. Um, so when we were beginning to think about this bill, um, I tried to contact the New Hampshire Mushers Association, and I sent several email messages to the address on their website, and no one ever responded. So. I don't know whether that's not a functional email address or... Maybe we'll, we'll see about getting a hold of them. Gene, we need to go to break. Would you mind holding? Oh, no, I'd, I'd be glad to. Thank you. Great. We'll be back. You're with Great Pets. Give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. And if you're a musher, give us a call. Let us know what you think about this tethering bill. We'll be back. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. 
Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Yeah, I'm ready to go to sleep. Yeah. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim and Brian Commons. We are talking pets, and we are talking all of, uh, as well. We are talking new legislation that's going to be introduced, we think in January, about ha- holding some of these breeders accountable. You know, when I look through this, Gene, one of the things that I saw that I disagreed with mm-hmm. was 1000 bucks. Oh, I mean that's like these days a puppy is going for two thousand dollars, and I, I think you could hold their feet to the fire a little bit more than a thousand. But that's just me. Well, that gives us something to do next year. Yeah. Well, the other thing I want to point out: a lot of times people don't realize if they want a purebred dog, there are rescue groups. Oh, absolutely. So if you're not if you don't find what you want in a shelter, think about going to a rescue group. Many times they have puppies or older dogs for the breed that you're interested in. Um, the other. The, you know, one of the stipulations here is stacking crates. Right. Now, you know, I've been training dogs, and we've take dogs in for training um, for years. And a lot of times, due to room requirements, you know, as far as having five or six crates, it's easier to stack one on top of the other. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be outlawed? Um, Are you talking about wire crates where, they, you know, the stuff can... You know, drip through, or you're talking about the berry kennels where the dogs are self-contained in a plastic container. Is there any leeway on that, or are you just going to ban stacking crates at all? Well, I think if it was a temporary situation, it probably would not uh, would not be prohibited by the law. I think what we're what we're talking about is is when the dogs are living in the crates stacked on one one on top of another as a permanent. Mm-hmm. Uh, as their permanent home. Breeding animals, basically, where right. they are pancaked, basically. Right. One crate on top of the other, and they don't clean them, and it's really unhygienic and cruel. Right. I mean, there are certain circumstances which in which dogs might have to be stacked for a brief period of time. I mean, if people are renovating their home or, you know, some, there are always exceptions. But I think what we're talking about is really the when it's a permanent arrangement. You know... Uh, if let's say we had now the, the SBCA in in Stratum uh-huh. takes about eight hundred calls a year, but let's say that um, Steve Sproul can go out and can do some of these inspections, which would be terrific. Mm-hmm. One of the legs up that people would have, these breeders would have, is if they knew when Steve was going to come. Right. So, have, is there any discussion about surprise visits? But if you do a surprise visit, then you you know, you, you really want to time it when the. You know, you got to time it right because there may be, if you go to the house, there may be no puppies, you know? Right. So that's a tough one. Not only that, but if they have a lot of breeding dogs, how do you find out if they're exercising the dogs properly? Right. And, and I think that's where um, we have to rely on uh, possibly reports from neighbors. But, but I also think that anyone who's in the field, anyone who's an expert like Steve, um, is going to know behaviorally from, from the, the dog or the way the dog is kept. Um, we'll be able to make a judgment as to whether the animal is getting appropriate exercise. Or, um, but, but those are, uh, 
and the the issue of the surprise visits. I believe the law currently states that the inspections have to be made at a reasonable time. Um, With advance notice? Pardon me? I mean, does the, does the uh, Department of Agriculture who goes to the pet stores, do they call the pet stores and say, okay, we're going to be there Thursday at 3 o'clock? Or do they just kind of show up one day and say hi, you know? That I don't know. Yeah, okay. See, one of the things, we fully support you in, you know, passing legislation that it's going to be more humane for animals and especially for breeding animals that are kept in inhumane conditions but i think what's always tricky with any type of legislation are two things one intended consequences but the other big thing is the enforcement mm -hmm. what is viable enforcement and do we have the resources to do that and i guess part of this um, depending on the people that are doing the inspections you know if somebody goes oh we're running them yes an hour a day as required there's really no way of verifying that. Mm -hmm. And on a behavioral basis, you know, if you have some pugs, they'll be lying in the cage. Mm -hmm. If you have some border collies, they're going to be spinning because an hour a day is just a warm-up. Right. I think, Gene, you're, you're, I'm going to try to speak for you here, but your take on this is this is a first step. Right? Oh, absolutely. And if, if you can get this passed, then, you know, we'll learn as we go to implement better solutions, right? Absolutely. And I think there are... There are definitely things, um, in, enforcement is always the big issue, and I think there are definitely things that the legislators will question, and one of the big ones is, is going to be how do you make a judgment about how, how often the dogs are getting exercised. Um, and it may be that we will have to amend that in some way. Mm -hmm. But I think we, we started with everything in the bill that we would like to see um, with, with the uh, intent that we can come back again uh, and refine it. One of the things you have in the bill is outlawing treadmills. What was the rationale for that? Well, um, outlaws treadmills, it, it says that treadmills don't substitute for regular daily exercise out of the enclosure unless the treadmill is specifically prescribed by a veterinarian for some medical issue. Um, well, we don't, we don't want people to be uh, sort of subverting the daily requirement for exercise outside of the primary enclosure by saying, oh, I put the dog on a treadmill for an hour, that's exercise. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we want the dogs to be taken outside, walked, socialized, uh, have some contact with humans or other dogs. Uh, we don't want them to just spend their lives running on a treadmill. So that, that, that's a matter of socialization for these dogs right. also. Because people don't realize that many of the breeding dogs, especially when they're doing it for profit, they rarely get out of their cages. Right, and, and that leads to just tremendous <sighs> problems further on down for whoever purchases them. Well, I think on a genetic basis, also, when you're looking to place a dog in your family that's going to be intimate with people that you love, mm -hmm. if the dog is not in real-life situations, you really don't know what the reactions are. Right. So you may be buying a problem because the dog has not been evaluated and you can't see what it's like in a social situation where aggression or fear may be a problem. Right. Hey, Gene, as we get closer to the events and the hearings, would you be so kind to give us a call on our radio show? On oh, the, I would love to do that. Okay, so you can let us know when these times and where, where the places would be and so people can show up. Yes, as soon as I know what the dates are, what the specific dates and times are, I will definitely give you a call. Because we got a lot of people who listen to this show and a Great. lot of people who love dogs. So. Great. 
Well, I hope they'll all go to my website and sign my guest book, and I hope they'll all come to the public hearing. Give us that website again, Jean. Pardon me? Your website? It's www.give-us-shelter.com. All right. Terrific, Jean. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, and have a safe holiday. Yeah, yeah, onward and upward. And yep. we'll be talking to you later in the year. Good. Thank you very much. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. You know, what I like about her, this is a person who's not making a dime out of this. She just a, loves dogs and wants to see a difference. You yeah. Know? So that's a nice thing. And, and I think as far as with any legislation, as this gets fine-tuned... And it will get fine-tuned. Yeah. There are some areas here that need to be. And we have uh, Karen from Cochico. Hey, Karen. Hello. How are you? Good, Sunshine. How are you? Very good. Thank you. you they keeping you busy? Very much so. Okay. <laughs> uh, who would think? It's I know. A, a Karen is the manager of the Chico, uh, Cochico Valley Humane Society and uh, our pet for the week. So what do you got here? Well, I thought we'd um, talk about Brandy. She is a Golden Retriever Shepherd mix, about two years old, um, already spayed. And she does need some work, I will be honest. She needs a little leash training. But um, she's very willing, very eager, and just a great dog when you've got her out playing and everything. A, a young shepherd, happy shepherd mm -hmm. mix. Yep. <clears throat> um. Okay, and what type of home are you looking for for her? Um, probably one that's willing to take her for a jog here and there, play with her outdoors. Um, she loves to play fetch. She'll do it until she falls down. Yeah, between the Golden Retriever and the German Shepherd, you're talking about, you know, obsessive-compulsive disorder. There's a lot of owners who fit that bill. So <laughs> um, last week we had a couple, bunch of people show up looking for the dog, didn't we? We did, yeah. yeah that's beautiful. So, anyways, if you want to see Brandy, go to the Cochico Valley Humane Society. The phone number there is? 749-5322. And you're open till 4 o'clock today. We are. All right. Right on. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Thanks, Have Karen. a great day. Bye-bye. You're listening to Great Pets Radio Live. This is Dr. Jim and Brian, and we'll be back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand. 
only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Dr. Jim McKiernan is uh, going to be on WBZ Boston Radio, the Dan Ray Show, this Thursday from 9 until 10, um, talking about holiday pets. So, what to watch out for and uh, what to be aware of. Yep. Well, we, we've hit the big time. So, WBZ, 10.30 a.m. WBZ, the big boy of the radio industry right. in Boston, 9 to 10 o'clock, and it's the Dan Ray Show. That's right. So, so what else you got for us? We're talking to Margaret. Oh, Margaret, by the way, you get a gift certificate for lunch at the Weathervane on Great Pets. So, stop by WTSN to pick up your certificate. And now, what she's been waiting for... Top 10 cat toys. Top 10 cat toys. Drum roll, Adam. <laughs> Number 10. This is for your cat, Margaret. Get ready. Get your pen ready. Balls. Fuzzy balls, jiggly balls, little balls. Balls are great. Let them chase them. Brian's favorite, feathers on a string. Jim's favorite, too, by the way. They yeah, love that. They do. They'll, and you can take that and really do, get them interested. In they'll 10, do backflips. 10, 15 minutes. They're chilling out. Right. Catnip mice. Mm, cat will like that one the best. Yeah. Um, still an all-time favorite. Uh, boxes and baskets. There's nothing better than a cardboard box. It's free. Good point, right? Let them yep. run in a box. Or a bag, a paper bag they like, too. Right, so for those people that want to cut, a little, cut some corners. There's something called the Race and Chase. This has a mouse inside a durable plastic wheel. The mouse is so hard to get, but we love chasing them anyways. That's pretty good. It's only $13. That's a pretty good one. There's something called the Pika Prize toy box. This is a square box. It's got lots of paw-sized holes in it for kitty toys. And it's a wonderful toy that keeps them busy. Comes in different sizes. They start about $25. Number four, the Kitty Cat Circus. Hmm. We kittens really dig this toy because they can spend lots of time being entertained by it. Again, $25. Number three, I like this one too. It's called the Kitty Tunnel. Exactly. That's what it is. They're going to go in and out, in and out. Number two, the Turbo Scratcher. That's the most, one of the most favorite toys by many. It's durable. It's a hard plastic ring with a ball that can't escape, and it rolls really fast. These cats will go crazy over it. That's only $12. And the number one cat toy this year, you ready? The Laser Light. It's their favorite toy, and our humans love playing with it, too. We spend an hour every evening playing Chase the Fairy. This is a great little bargain. It's about, <laughs> it's about $8. Every Listen, cat it, should have if one. If I call you and go, what are you doing? I'm chasing the fairy. <laughs> what? No. You know, chase the light. Anyway, as far as doing this with laser lights, you don't want to point it in the eyes, right? No. no okay. Exactly. So... So as far as doing this, and where'd you get this list? Oh, I have my moles. It's all, actually, if you can check online, you'll see a lot of these things. Alrighty. But anyways, Margaret, Institute, go out. And actually, Margaret, if you bought them all, you'd probably still be under 140 bucks. The other thing, with really active cats at night, feed them later in the evening. You give them their major meal during the evening, they're going to sleep instead of bouncing around the house. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get those cat on the night cycle, the day cycle. That's important. 
You yeah, know? it makes a big difference. Yeah, they start staying up at night, and, and uh, you know, you're sleeping, and they're grabbing you, and they're biting you, and they just got to get, okay, awake during the day, sleep at night. Yeah, uh, well, feed them later on, and it's like a turkey dinner. I'm taking a nap. But, it, you know, that comes back to, she said she lets her cat out. Don't let them out at night, people. Keep your cats indoors, especially if you do let them out. Let them out during the day and not at nighttime. Yeah, I'm not agreeing with letting him out at all. No, but people do, and if yeah. you do, really refrain from the night. Coyote snack. That's all the bad stuff occurs at night. Hey, have a great week. We'll be on next week. Get your questions ready, and we're here to help you and your pets. I'm Brian Commons with Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.